0: Hello and welcome to Las Blancas podcast. I'm your host Yash Thakur and today again I'm joined by Kanita to discuss Real Madrid's final game of the year and final game of the Champions League group stages against Vlasnia and we'll break down the game. We'll get into what happened uh, in the game, the goals and everything. But before that, how are you doing Kanita?
1: for the first time in a while i'm pretty chill not gonna lie <laughs> i mean you said it it's the last game of the year the last game of champions and you not know, just group stages so yeah one competition is over so i mean yeah and uh, even though i we did uh, receive a little heart attack with the late quad list but you know that was over soon so yeah let's talk about it
0: <laughs> yeah so like you have mentioned uh, in, in your in your statement that this was not just the last game of the group stage but this was technically the last game of this year's champions league for us because we are out of the champions league following the defeat against psg so with that sad part out of the out of the way i think this game was pretty fun to watch and a good way to close out the year strong performance the result in terms of result if i have to tell you if you're listening to this podcast you probably already know the result so real madrid won five goals to one against lasnia and there were some very good moments that we will get into uh, something of a highlight for a lot of players so it, it's good and yeah it feels good To have a game where you can just sit back and uh, enjoy the performance uh, after some of the games that we have had to see in the past so let's get into the game so before we get into the lineups and stuff the I think the first shock came in the form of the uh, squad announcement for the game because people were expecting uh, Athenya to be... to not be involved because she has uh, apparently picked up a small knock Uh, but hopefully Toril said that she would be available uh, in the games uh, in the next year. So... But when the squad list came out there were some surprise uh, exit from the... uh, like surprise absences in the squad list with Olga, Naikari, Lucia and Zornosa all missing so there were some... Uh, Twitter was a fun place like fans had some fun reactions to that there were conspiracy theories all around but Apparently Olga, Naikari and Lucia uh, were ill They had caught some some sort of virus So that was the case with those three Zornosa on the other hand had picked up some muscular problems So she was out and Athenia, like I mentioned she had a small uh knock which which is nothing serious hopefully and she'll be back uh in 2023 when uh when we begin our campaign again so with those uh absences there was expected to be some heavy rotation because like this game was essentially a dead rubber because n- even if we won no matter how big we win it we weren't going to qualify for the next round so there were changes, there were six changes from our previous game and we lined up with a back three and three-five-two made its return up a, a formation that has given us some good results that has proved to be a very good formation for us where we can, it solves a lot of our standing issues as we have discussed before uh, in the previous pods as well. So it was a 3-5-2 with a change in goal. Uh, Melin Gerard came in uh, and was starting in goal. Then the back three consisted of Ivana, Kathleen and Rocio. Then the five in, in the mid, middle were Kenty playing as a right wing back. Uh, Caroline Ware, Tere and Maite as the midfield three. And Savava getting to play as the left in, in that left wing back role. And in the front two... Esther was benched, and in came Muller to accompany Feller uh, as a part of the front two. So it was a pretty exciting lineup. I remember that before the game began, uh, when I saw the lineup, I I texted uh, Kanita that this this game is going to be fun and this is going to be a good uh, a fun pod after <laughs> after a while. So. Yeah I'll I'll pass it on to you and I'll take your thoughts on what what were your initial impressions following uh, when the lineup was announced and what did you make of, of the squad list when it first came out when there wasn't as much clarity about the absences and everything so yeah what did you think of it all
1: uh, yeah, I mean, the lineup was uh, refreshing to see, honestly. I mean, okay, sure, 3-5-2, it wasn't really um, hard to predict since, you know, we were facing Bosnia. But, I mean, there were there were some people that never start in the Champions League or don't even play. Uh, like, I don't know, well, Malin, obviously, name that comes to your mind. Uh, then Mila, like, she... She usually gets up on late, but never starts. Also, my and Terra don't start in Champions League, uh, they get minutes, but uh, oftentimes Tera gets forgotten too in matches, so she uh, doesn't get to play sometimes either, so, <laughs> So yeah, I mean, those four started, and oh, oh wow, this was, this is going to be fun. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm. I wasn't really necessarily much excited about it. I mean, I we could have lost, which was very unlikely, and I was like, oh, like you know, it was a chill game. Like I said, that I'm chill, so that that's why it's. Was, it was a chill game. Uh, I was happy to watch them without any stress involved, you know. Oh my god, we have to win this, and you know how it goes. So I, I'm pretty sure this will be the only match in the entire season that i will feel like this so uh, yeah it's good to take in this feeling i guess <laughs> and uh about the squalest, oh yeah um a fun fact i was i i was in my university and i just finished the class i was in uh i was on a break And I opened Twitter, and I saw Squaldus out, and I was like, what is this? And I saw everyone flipping. Like That that Squaldus came out like five minutes before I saw it, and everyone was flipping. Everyone was making conspiracy theories, especially about Naikadi and Lucia, which was wow. Some, like, maybe three people said, oh, it's R.E.S.T., but then, oh, it doesn't make sense. They never play know yes maybe it's rest, but it's it's so funny the conspiracy theories but yeah I mean it was a lot of panic involved uh there but uh later on maybe two or three hours later well not two maybe three or four hours I don't know later we got an information from Relevo that what's the true cause of the absences and I just want to thank them for telling us because I don't think we'd ever find out if it wasn't for them. And I mean, a similar thing happened last year, uh, which we just didn't know what happened to our players in like middle of January. So yeah, uh, yeah, fun, fun times. Never boring in this club.
0: Yeah, so we closed out the year in in a sort of Real Madrid fashion like in terms of the communication between the club and the fans it has always remained it has always been conducted in a mysterious way let's just put it that way but yeah so <laughs> that was that uh, Vlasnia on the other hand were in their 4-5-1 uh, the last game against Vlasnia was uh, like a bit frustrating because they kept a very compact line so this I think the lineup that they chose to come out with was also indicative that they were going to try to do exactly that again. So we begin the game and any like instantly we see what uh, the benefits of the 352 basically Uh, we have better occupation of the last line of defense we have like five players on uh, In between lines and occupying the uh, defensive line of the opposition, so that is always uh, good. And in the opening minutes, we saw Maite trying to thread a ball through. Then we had uh, a Moller shot from a Feller. Uh, Feller headed the ball down for uh, Moller, and she tried to take a shot following a weird long ball. Uh, So initially, like it felt okay we with this formation we are going to have a good time attacking them attacking their backline, and this game will definitely have some goals in it that was my initial impression uh, and it was also good to see the the dynamic between uh, Feller and uh, Moller uh, which is Like now that I have said it multiple times. It feels very weird to say Felair and Moner. So, but all right. That is something (laughs) that requires a a topic of its own, but uh, not getting distracted from the main thing. It felt like a goal was coming and Real Madrid were definitely pushing for it. Uh, But in the fourth minute, Kathleen commits a foul on Dochi, their number 11 Uh, very good player i think we mentioned her in the previous part as well when we faced them a pretty tidy player with very low center of gravity Uh, good dribbler knows how to shield the ball and draw a foul and kathleen was not really polished in that challenge she uh, was a bit physical and conceded a foul in a dangerous position and in the fifth minute, like, from that free kick itself, Vlasnia scored. So, and what a goal. Like, honestly, what a goal. Like, this was Vlasnia's first group stage uh, goal this season. And, like, what a strike. What a way to open the account. Just, like, you have to, sometimes you have to put your hands up and say, wow, that's, that's an amazing goal. And i'm sure like they were very very happy it it was a spectacular goal uh, yeah i mean you conceding a goal did not feel uh good obviously and conceding one so early when it felt like you were going to keep the opposition pinned and continuously attack them obviously it doesn't feel good but it was a great goal and at no point despite conceding early did i feel that this game might get tricky for us because at the end of the day the uh, difference in in the levels is is there we have to admit it like there Real Madrid has better uh, or technically superior players uh, on their team. So I felt like at the end of the day this will probably be a decisive factor in the game and despite conceding a goal inside the five minutes, which, by the way, again came from a set piece. But this one, we can't really blame it on the team organization or a team structure on defensive set pieces. Because this was just a spectacular strike from Dochi. I'll, I'll quickly pass it on to you to just take your thoughts on those opening five minutes. And like the goal did come out of the blue, but it was a great strike. And what did you think of the goal uh, Goal itself? I mean,
1: what, what does one have to to say about that goal except for um, it, it's great. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't even mad about it. Uh, like, I was... like Everyone was probably thinking, oh, okay, let's go for another clean sheet or something, you know, uh, but I wasn't mad about it, you know. Uh, how can one be mad about that strike? It was it was pretty neat. And uh, the Vlasnia players celebrated, like, crazy i think uh, i am so like i i, I hate the, the zone for this i'm pretty sure that dachi um did a sue celebration uh but they cut it off uh, uh like in, in the middle of it so like I, we just saw her uh jump like ronaldo does but uh we didn't see the whole celebration i wish we did though uh but <laughs> it would have been funny if she actually did it and yeah i mean uh yeah uh, about the rest of them minutes. i mean i just want to add about that uh, one chance that you mentioned i mean that that chance uh, ended up being called offside that uh, mila chance that came from a uh, uh, pass from fella uh but uh, yeah it was called it was called off, offside but it was not i uh, surprise <laughs> uh yeah there were a couple of instances that happened in the game we were caught offside i think in the end uh well um spoiler alert we were caught offside six times in the game it felt like 20 to be honest it felt like 20 but yeah um at least two of them were wrong uh, uh and yeah i yeah that's it
0: okay so following that like we have considered in the opening five minutes now we are chasing the game but like inside 10 minutes we have had two corners we managed to get two corners and in the 11th minute we pull level with the help of Caroline Weir like always I would say like Caroline Weir always pulls us out of misery whenever we need her to and it wasn't a, a miserable situation this time but we did need some sort of inspiration and that is what we got from uh, caroline where there she does really well receiving in between the lines from a pass by tere who by the way had a spectacular game and we'll get into that we'll break down her her performance and what that means for her moving forwards but tere plays a forward pass a line breaking pass where receives it and the thing about where that always and always like if if you watch where for the first time if you watch where for the hundredth time the thing that always stands out about her is the way she is quickly able to receive on the half turn like she'll receive the ball and she'll quickly turn away from challenges into the forward space or wherever the space is it's just spectacular to watch so she turns away and then she takes the shot and it's into the bottom corner and that's goal, Real Madrid are level a in the 11th minute. In that goal, I would also like to highlight some off-ball stuff that was happening. So Felair makes an out-to-in run from the right-hand side and in that process she drags a defender alongside her which opens up that small pocket of space from where where can to where Veer can move with the ball and take the shot from. So that was really neat. But this goal was overall just about like Weir's quality uh, on the reception and it, it was just, it was pure quality to be fair. Like the two goals that we have had in this game so far were both real quality strikes and it, like Caroline Weir, what what can we say about her now? Like she has become this indispensable part of the squad already inside six months Uh, from her signing which just is a testament to what caliber of a player she is I think like it's very difficult to make a case for anyone in terms of like pure pure impact and pure pure technical ability that we have seen so far in the squad Aslani was great Aslani is still good but Caroline Weir has come in and just made this team about like she has become the star of the team instantly and that sort of impact is just like that's the kind of impact world class players produce and to be able to consistently deliver whether it be a tough opponent whether it be a a dead rubber game in the Champions League Weir always delivers and we are very happy to have her in the team. That is all I have to say. Like, you would rather have Weir in your team than than Facer. I, I would say so. It was really nice to. Uh, that was a really good goal. And I'll quickly hand it over to you to take your thoughts on the second goal. Uh
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean, um. So at first, I actually I thought that pe- uh, pass to Weir came from. Uh- it but later on we found out it was from Tere and it was a it was a pretty neat pass <laughs> uh and I mean we received it and I saw that five players uh just uh ca- came to her like around like uh, three uh three of them were on her left side and two of them on her right side and she uh she just made it, so, it look so easy. She just shot. She was. She didn't even care that there were five players around her. I mean, I'm pretty sure that Vlasnia had like 10 players in their box at all times when we were attacking. So, yeah, the, those five players on Weir wasn't really weird. You see, you know? Oh, wow, that sounds very weird, you know? weird, weird, yeah. Never mind. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, certainly very happy to have weir in our team <laughs> um i mean i I don't, I don't know if uh if it's like worth addressing like um every single thing she did i mean it is but i'm just going to say like she did some very cool whooshy-whooshy stuff how i like to call it like during the entire game and i mean th- thank thank you for you know this equalizing goal I guess. Um, I I think that us conceding first you know um, made the team a little bit more awake you know but more aware of the game because uh, as we've said it already the game didn't matter uh, by itself you know it was just uh game for the players you know to end the year on a good note and something but you know the the fact that we conceded first maybe woke them up and uh it was more fun to watch and i didn't i didn't really see a much celebration there like we are scored and they said oh yay cool. go <laughs> uh and they like you know hugged each other and everything uh but it wasn't like uh a lot of celebration obviously So,
0: yeah. Yeah, so the muted celebration might be explained by the fact that we weren't still in lead. We had just equalized in the game. So, we wanted to get into the lead quickly. And in the next 10 minutes, we do manage to get into the lead. But before that, in the 14th minute, Vlasnia have another free kick. And to no one's surprise at this point, we struggle to deal with it in the box. Which if we start discussing this again, if we go into this again, it's going to be the same discussion all over again, which is like which is getting to the point that if it's so crystal clear, if it's so apparent to a fan sitting to a fan sitting uh, at home and watching the game, I think it should be pretty clear to to the coaching staff as well. And there needs to be serious work done on that regard, which look, these things, defensive structure, your routines in attacking set pieces. These are the things that you can actually coach and you can actually work upon and come up with a routine that surprises your uh, opposition and when defending you need to like be aware of w- how they are attacking and which players you need to keep a track of these things are basically instructions that you pass on to the player and if there is a lack of organization it i think it translates to a lack of communication from the coaching staff onto the players because most of the times our players look lost this could be down to two things a players don't know how to defend or b we are not paying enough attention towards defensive set pieces which has been a major thorn in our side ever since our inception basically so yeah i mean if i have to ask anything for christmas this is what i will ask for an improvement in our defensive set pieces Uh, in the way we defend that would be really that would be a very welcome change in 2023 I would say so beyond that like Real Madrid was obviously keeping a lot of the ball Uh, by the 15th minute I think the possession stat read we had 80% of the ball compared to 20% by Vlasnia so we were definitely dominating the possession we were managing to keep the position in the right areas we were managing to keep the position in the final third as well. And in the 18th minute, following a failed clearance, Tere manages to take a shot from range and slot it away into like place the shot very well and it goes into the back of the net and it's Real Madrid 2, Vlasnia 1 and we are in the lead. So this game was basically like pretty straightforward. The 3-5-2 definitely helped with the, way we ma- with the way we occupied spaces in between their midfield and defensive lines with the sort of movement this formation enabled and with the sort of options uh, and the number of options we had in the final third in terms of players uh, was a lot. So it was pre- we found it pretty easy to overload, uh, overload one side or we found it pretty easy to have bodies in between the lines. And that definitely made a difference. But in these two goals, you clearly see that there is a sort of technical gap as well. Terre strike beat where's goal. That was basically the storyline of the game, I would say it was a pretty straightforward game. And inside 20 minutes, we had gone from conceding a spectacular goal to now being in lead. So I think like that pretty much sums sums it up, but I, I'll hand it over to you and take your thoughts on like, if you have to, if you have anything to add about our ability to defend free kicks, you can, but mainly, what did you think about the second goal? And what did you think about that strike from Tere? And like, that leads us on to, I think, a very good discussion about Tere there is performance in that uh, first half as well so yeah i'll hand it over to you and take your thoughts on it all uh
1: yeah <laughs> so those um that free kick thing uh yeah you know what i i don't know if it was just a great free kick from blasnia you know that great center uh Or just us not knowing how to defend. I mean, that's a little series of Kathleen and Rocio. Uh, They're inside the box trying to uh, deal with it. It it was so funny. Like, they collided with each other. I don't know why I keep colliding with each other. I I don't know. Uh, It's all fun and games until we concede like that. But, I mean, yeah. And since you... um, since you stated your wish for uh, Christmas is, you know, for our team to learn how to, you know, and this, <laughs> uh, my wish is to uh, for this team to learn how to do throw-ins because I swear they don't know how to do them, <laughs> and even in this game they were, this throw-ins were painful to watch. So yeah, that this my wish. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, about that goal. Why, why am I not surprised? I mean, yeah, the goal came from um, Kenti's cross inside the box. And, you know, surprise, surprise, no one was there. But the defender, you know, cleared it from the box. But teddy got it and just... I was not surprised that Teddy got it in. I mean, it's a classical Teddy rocket shot and... Yeah, um, I I think I feel bad that I keep that I keep saying like oh it's typical terrible goal you know uh, when in theory it's a spectacular goal it's a great shot and everything like it was not um, stoppable at all. I feel bad for saying that because uh, it, it it sounds like oh, oh yeah she does it all the time no biggie <laughs> ah, no biggie but yeah um tere is amazing <laughs> uh, so that's already two goal assists uh in what 18 minutes for her you know she assisted uh the first goal and scored this one so a uh, great start for tere so yeah i'll pass it on to you
0: and that wasn't the end of it like she she was involved in both of our goals she created the first with her pass she scored the second and immediately inside the next 2 minutes real madrid get a penalty following a handball in the box and teres steps up to take the penalty and she absolutely slots it away like that's such an emphatic penalty like it was such a great penalty it was un- unsavable. what a strike what a strike from her absolutely Brilliant, brilliant strike from Tere that puts Real Madrid that that gives Real Madrid a two goal cushion to go with and all of this like four goals uh, inside like 20 minutes, which is I mean, the game has been off to a very eventful start. Let's just say that and Tere has been at the heart of it all this just leads us into a very good discussion about tere as a player and what she can offer to the to the team it's not just the goals it's not just the assists but the way she is able to offer herself uh, on the ball when we are trying to build up her distribution on the ball the way she is able to find these vertical lanes and play those sort of vertical passes is just really really good then the way she is able to defend uh, which is something that often gets overlooked. But Tere is an excellent defender. She covers the space really well. She is physically robust as well. She can go into physical duels and come out on top. She offers so much on and off the ball. It's I think. She should be one of the first players on the the team sheet now because with and without her in that pivot role, in that deeper midfield position, we look like a different side. Whenever she has come on from the bench, we have looked better. Whenever she has started, we have looked better in possession and out of of it. People might remember that goal against uh, PSG in the previous game. It involved a first time pass from Tere to Zornosa there uh, out wide in the build in the lead up to that goal and she understands that deeper midfield role better than anyone in our in our squad right now because there aren't like there isn't a profile that suits uh, better f- than Tere in that deeper midfield position. So. Tere is just spectacular and on top of that she has this knack of taking this long range efforts which is really good at her shooting from long range is really good. Uh, when when we first signed her uh, that was something that I really pointed out that she can make a difference from that she is very press resistant as well so when dealing with opposition pressure she offers a lot. Then she has set pieces in her arsenal as well. So she can take free kicks, she can take corners, she can take direct free kicks as well. So there's a lot, there's a lot that Tere brings to the table and I think it has reached a point where it simply cannot be ignored anymore. It has to be, she has to be starting now. And we often forget that this is Tere at 22, Like Tere isn't old. Tere is just 22 years of age and she is, she probably offers us more than anyone in that deeper midfield position right now in the squad. So I think she makes a case for herself with her performances on the pitch every time she has been given any sort of minutes. But yeah, I mean, I think, I definitely think that Tere should be one of the first names on the team sheet going forwards because. Just because of what she offers on and off the ball, so a very well-rounded impact, and just a spectacular game from Tere. This one, we'll get into some of her other actions as well as we move forwards with the game. But uh, I'll pass it on to you, and I'll I'll take your thoughts on on Tere's performance, basically, because the penalty was pretty straightforward. What did you think of Teré in this game, and what do you think about her importance to Real Madrid moving forwards in the season?
1: Uh yeah. Well, Teré snapped this game. <laughs> like I said, um, she doesn't really get to start in Champions League, and she doesn't. She she actually gets forgotten oftentimes. Like even in the dying minutes of the game, she doesn't come out then. Uh, but you know, she really snapped this game, uh, and I say, go girl. Yes. <laughs> um, I was actually really surprised she took that penalty. I did not expect that it would take it. Um, I don't know why I just didn't, uh, but the penalty was very clean. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the goalkeeper didn't even try. I mean, wh- what was there to try, uh, is to stop like it went. the, uh, quickly to the uh upper left corner. It was just very clean, I mean again typical tennis <laughs> Not really that typical because she doesn't doesn't take penalties, but still. Uh it's good to know that we have another uh player who who knows how to score penalties because so far it's been like Garnosa and you know, before it was Aslani, like the penalty taker and the, yeah, had a stat. But, yeah. So, but, yeah, about... Um, about Tere, overall. Uh, I mean, oh, yeah. Like, I've mentioned it already in previous pods. Like, she just changes the game. Like, a lot of our actions start from her. Uh, like, her recoveries, the, the robberies, uh, are just, you know... Critical in these situations, like we like from her robberies, we create so many chances, and uh, from them, we also scored a lot of goals, like uh, when what we managed to finish. So, I mean, uh, it's definitely her defending is often, uh, oftentimes overlooked, uh, <laughs> uh, but um, it's not by me though, don't worry. <laughs> Um, it just—I—I I don't know. I—I I, I agree. Tere, Tere should be starting, uh, all the time. Like, it should be like, Tere and ten more people on the pitch. It just she she brings a—I I don't know. She just brings this whole new energy into the team. Like, um, it, a typical Tere stuff. I don't know what to tell you. It just. <laughs> and she really snapped this game I mean, I'm really glad she did um, because yeah you mentioned uh, oh, that later on she had more chances but I mean from that moment on from that penalty I thought oh yes I'm ready for the terror hat trick I, I, didn't, I didn't think I would ever say that like think oh I'm expecting a terror hat trick now um, but yeah that the game was fun, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah. Go, Tere.
0: So, yeah, definitely. I would just like to add one thing about Tere. It's not just that she is good on the ball, like with her passing range and distribution. It is also the understanding of being able to play that extra pass just to move the opposition around before we can play that incisive ball between their lines. We have many players who can play that sort of incisive ball. Weir can carry the ball and break lines. We have Maite who can break lines with her passing. And most importantly, we have Zoranosa who can do that. We have Toletti who is also capable of doing that. The thing with Tere is she combines all of that with the sense of just being able to delay the ball, uh, delay that pass, to open up the space, and on top of that, be defensively so robust in covering the spaces that she she brings so much value on and off the ball. It's it's hard to ignore at this point that she she is definitely one of the indispensable part right now for the squad and I think like she should be like I said before she should be one of the first names on the team sheet now but yeah moving forwards I think it is uh it's in everyone's interest that we don't go shot by shot because we had 31 shots in this game and some of them were not even like good opportunities it was speculative efforts from range and because one has to remember while the 3-5-2 did help us have bodies in between Vlasnia's four-five-one block, it was still a four-five-one. It it was still Vlasnia having like nine players behind the ball at all times and just one outlet in, in front. So it it was defending in numbers by them. So it was a bit difficult to break down, but we did manage to create uh, ample opportunities to put us in the lead. I think the one thing that I would like to uh, highlight because it uh, I always find it funny because I've seen Maite for a very long time now, and <laughs> it's always funny to me when she tries and goes for the headers. In the thirty eighth minute like Savawa crosses the ball and it's Maite making the run in the box and she tries to go go for the header. I don't know, she'll someday she'll score from it. I, I'm sure of it because it's the law of the averages, it's the it's the law of the large numbers. She'll try someday. she'll probably get one of those in, but it's always funny because she she's not as tall as uh, as the other midfielder. She's extremely silky on the ball has a low center of gravity but yeah it's 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 just really uh, it brings a smile to my face when whenever i see her going for an aerial duel Um, so that happened in the 30th minute then that leads us to a very good attacking move and a further discussion about what the midfield in this game offered to us so in the 40th minute we have we play a very neat team move outside Vlasnia's penalty box, and this plays through their 4-5-1 block. Maite, Tere, and Weir, all three are involved. It is basically those three who are the architects of this whole sequence. Maite makes an excellent, excellent third player run. Weir and Tere combine in in that sequence to let Maite slide in through in behind their defense. Maite is just about to take a shot but it's blocked by a very good piece of defending at the end. But this is the thing that a midfield of Tere, Maite and Weir can offer. Those intricate passing moves it's a it's very good on the eyes like no matter who you are, when you watch those sort of quick passing moves where which completely undo a, a very stingy block from the opposition, it's always pleasing to watch. Plus these players understand counter movements very well. When one player has played a pass and moved to the other spot, the other player is automatically made a counter movement to occupy that space. And that is just really, it, it makes us so much more threatening in possession, in settled possession, which is something that we have often struggled with by, in terms of creating chances uh, from settled possession. And these three, when I first saw the lineup, that was the first thing that I instantly thought about that, okay, our possibly our passing game is going to be very slick. We are going to have these sort of intricate combination moves in the final third that will help us release a player in behind and manage to create a lot of problems for them and that is what it was in the 40th minute we saw exactly that unfortunately it didn't turn out into a goal and maybe people will forget about this but this is what very good like this is what i mean by when i say that we have really really good players on the ball and the way we have looked in possession the way we have tried to just hoof the ball in from uh, from the defense it's not right because we have the players who are very very much capable of of playing a possession based game of controlling the ball of playing this sort of intricate moves to break down the opposition defense we have that we have the ability to create chances from settled possession. we have players for that we have the personnel it is just about conviction and it is just about committing to that style of play that suits your personnel and brings your best players into the game because every time Maite has come onto the pitch and she has played I think she has appeared in every single game of ours and every time she comes onto the pitch even if it's for the last 10 minutes she makes the team tick because she knows when she plays a pass where she has to move and how she can get everyone involved even if it's just a touch and go pass uh, that they're involved in. She knows how to do that and with Veer and Tere alongside her, that just goes to another level because all three of them now understand the sort of counter movements. All three of them now capable of playing that line breaking pass so it's it's the blueprint is right in front of you when you play this sort of formation when you play this sort of players it's now about taking a call about how you want to proceed forwards and how you want to approach games and that might vary game to game but it is something that needs uh to be thought about that needs uh to be given a serious consideration and hopefully moving forwards we see a lot more of Tere we see a lot more of Maite Veer is an indispensable part of the squad she is a non-negotiable but yeah hopefully we get to see a lot more of the two young Spaniards that we have in the in the squad so I think that probably sums it up for the first half there wasn't much action in the first half I'll I'll give you the chance to add anything about the first half that you have or any general comments about where, Maite, Tere or our midfield in general and how we looked in this this game in the first half.
1: I mean, I was, um, after scoring like those three goals after we conceded, (laughs) I was pretty uh, disappointed to see no more goals in the first half for like the last, what, 24 minutes and uh, yeah it's not even about the goals i think we had like two decent chances like that one you just mentioned at uh, the combination between uh, we're there and might and there was another like um, the we free kick in the 42nd minute and it uh it was a direct shot and we went, went just over so i mean i wouldn't really count it as much <laughs> uh, because uh when we try direct free kicks it's, it usually ends up like that or very badly, badly. very off so <laughs> but yeah i mean aside from that we uh, i'm pretty sure like we did um a lot of crosses that uh Kent, he kept doing the cr- ground crosses and yeah, I mean, it's the same old story with us trying some uh, random crosses uh, and long passes. This time, the- there wasn't so many random long passes because Vlasnia wasn't, wasn't really trying to stop us from doing them. Like, they didn't really... They like, they, like, just looked at our players and said, oh, sure, I'll let her pass or something and then uh, go back to their box and defend there. Um, so that's how Glasnia's game went uh, pretty much. <laughs> not just the first half. I mean, during the entire game, it was like that, so I do not even have to repeat myself later on. Um, but yeah, aside from that, I didn't really have much to say. I was expecting uh, I was expecting a half a time sub like I I wasn't expecting anyone in particular. I was just, just uh, expecting someone because you know, we were in one up and it wasn't looking like uh, Vlasnia would do Aramantada on us. So yeah
0: Okay, so that sums it up for the first half and the second half is where a lot of like cool stuff that makes you happy. And that makes you happy for the players, uh, happen. Like, obviously, first half ha- had it too, but, uh, we'll get into the second half. And, uh, the second half began with a change. Uh, Carla Camacho, the academy product was given, 17-year-old academy product was given a chance to play the entire 45 minutes of the second half. Uh, she came on to replace Feller. And that was a big moment for her like she is coming on the back of a world cup win with the with spain uh, in the under 17 levels and uh, it it was a big moment for her like she she has been doing well for the youth side she has been consistently involved she has done well for the youth sides now she is consistently involved with the senior side she regularly gets the call up is training with the with the first team ...had a decent uh, showing at the under-17 World Cups as well. I was able to watch her live. Her and Paula Partido and Sofia Fuente, all of them live. Olaya as well. So there are some there are some good players in, in the academy. And it was a big moment for not just her but for other players as well in other uh, age groups. So that was that. Then... The second half began with us dominating the game again so in the 40th minute uh, Tere takes a shot from range and it's like parried away from by the goalkeeper and Carla is very quick to latch on to the loose uh, parry and she manage, tries to turn it to go uh, towards goal but it goes across the goal and the goal is empty and Caroline Muller-Ansen is there to try to turn it away and get her goal uh, but she isn't able to the shot is blocked and then it's eventually cleared and stuff so in that moment it felt like maybe uh, like that was the moment you realize that okay maybe Carla could have scored there maybe that was the moment and I, I'm sure Carla thought that too but you could see that sort of predatory uh, instinct from her where in the box where she is able to latch on to loose ball and is aware of where the second balls are coming inside the box so that was uh, there as well then the opening few minutes saw us get a few of these uh, opportunities Rocio managed to showcase her uh, long range passing and she managed to play a really good long ball uh, onto the far post from the left hand side for where to try to turn it goalwards uh, with a first time volley, uh, did not happen. Uh, the goalkeeper made a good save. Then in, I'm quickly jumping towards like in the next 15 to 20 minutes, because that is where a lot of the action starts to happen in the 65th minute. Uh, we get a free kick. Tere takes it. And as like as has been the case with uh, in this game for Tere. Everything she's doing is turning out to be absolute gold. She takes a very good free kick, it hit, but it unfortunately hits the crossbar. So she will have to probably wait for her free kick, uh, her hat trick in the game. And it would have been a really sweet moment if had she scored that to, to have scored from a penalty, to have scored from a long range uh, goal and then to score from a free kick would have... Uh, summed her game up pretty well I would say but that did not happen then in the 68th minute we have another sub Uh, we have a double change this time another 17 year old academy product Paula Partido is brought on to replace Kenty and Claudia Florentino also comes on to replace Kathleen and at this point it is pretty clear that Real Madrid no, the game is in the bag now it's 3-1 we have a two goal lead so now they are trying to spread out minutes to players because this is also our last champions league game for this season so they're trying to give minutes to players who haven't had as many minutes in the champions league paula party though now gets 20 odd minutes uh in in the biggest competition in the premier competition in women's football So a big, big moment for her as well. Then Claudia Florentino gets significant minutes as well. So it was really nice. Like we had absences due to sickness. We had absences due to knocks, but it was nice that the available minutes were now being spread into the players who haven't had the opportunity to showcase what they can possibly do. So that was a really good moment. Before we move any forwards, before we get into the action and everything that happened that ensued in the last 15 minutes I'd like to take your thoughts on the second half in general and the moment of substitution for Paula Partido and Carla Camacho both and what did you think of uh, of their game uh, up, up until that 70th minute mark and how, how significant is this? Uh, not just for them but for the next generation coming through in different age groups as well so yeah just your thoughts on all of it
1: Um, yeah I mean the the first thought uh, that crossed my mind is um, I guess just to um, uh, just to you know mention this fun fact if you (laughs) if you don't know but Uh, paula Partido actually debuted for the first team last season in champions league before she debuted in the league for the first team so uh yay (laughs) that's pretty cool to me to be honest uh she debuted against breda like by the way and she got like 15 minutes there which is pretty significant for a teenager so yeah but yeah i mean uh see uh, I was really uh, glad to see Carla getting uh, the entire second half. as I said I was uh, you know expecting substitutions like um I don't know I, I expected actually Claudia Florentino to come in I, I don't know why it wasn't needed you know to uh, just sub off a center back for a center back right now like uh, it was necessary, but I just felt like it would happen at halftime. But uh, luckily, actually, it was uh, Carla, And um, yeah, I don't think she ever got more than like 15 consecutive minutes. So this is uh, definitely a great experience for her. Um, and yeah, uh, you know, I was saying I, it's not just me, uh, but about... Paola, that, you know, she's a right winger. Like, she is a winger, you know, proper winger. She is a right right winger. And uh, there's a problem in our squad. You know, we have no right wingers. <laughs> uh, we basically just have one natural winger, and it's Atenea. Um, so, I don't know, I, I kept saying it even last season while Cardona was injured, like, why not call up Paola and try her more? But, you know, last season I was like, oh, it's uh, we need to save the season, you know? So I kind of get it. And now um, I don't know if it will continue like this, but I feel like uh, Paola is very much needed. (laughs) Uh, Because, uh, I mean, yeah, you watched her live in the... uh, under 17 World Cup I watched her in the under 17 European Championship also uh this year it was held in Bosnia and uh yeah Spain Spain actually didn't win they lost in the final so they came second uh but yeah I mean I watched them <laughs> like both Carla and Paula there so um it's it's a really experience to watch them live like those um you no know, though we have some great gems in our academy and hopefully that will stick you know because not not just in the women's section this club generally we don't really have good experiences with academy they usually end up being sold or something but yeah i just wish when someone is needed they look in the academy as well because these two players have uh, been incorporated into the first team dynamics and the training a lot uh, like them and uh, Sofia Fuente, the third goalkeeper. Uh, she's also in the under-17 c- category, and uh, I mean, they're they're practically there. You know, they're already friends with the first team players. They're um, it's just the game dynamic, like you know, in the matches themselves. Obviously, they don't play much, so it it can't really um be obvious so yeah i mean i don't know it was a meaningless game uh but i hope i don't know i hope i hope they get more minutes and i really hope like i was all i kept saying it for months that we really do need a right winger so why not find one in paula I guess. I, I don't know just the thought
0: yeah so paula Partido was playing as the right wing back uh in this formation that we were playing with the back three and following the 70th minute I think this is where a lot of what I have uh, foreshadowed as the happy moments uh, start to happen in the 70th minute Weir takes a shot from from inside the box after some exchange between Moller and Sawaba on the left. Savava plays a low ball into the box and Weir takes a first touch and manages to get a shot away very quickly that is put out uh, for a corner and then from that corner uh, it's taken shot and then it goes it goes back to Savava I think and Savava plays the ball in at the far post for Rocío Rocío manages to get her header goalwards which is again very poorly parried right uh, at the mouth of the goal and Carla Camacho again mm, displaying her predatory, predatory instincts and manages to latch onto the loose ball and score so Carla Camacho gets her goal in the Champions League a very very big moment for her to be able to not just score, but score in Champions League for uh, Real Madrid. Like she has been born and brought up in Madrid, if I'm not mistaken. So a very big moment. She gets emotional too. She sheds a few tears. Uh, The entire team looks really happy for her uh, because, you know, a a 17-year-old academy graduate gets to play the entire second half and gets gets to put her name on the score sheet as well. That's that's pretty special. Everyone seems stoked for her. And as as Kanita has mentioned as well, that she has been involved in the first team dynamics this season. So she hangs out a lot with the with the first team players. She has uh she probably has a lot of friends in the first team as well. To be able to score and share that moments with her teammates in the senior side, that was that is a pretty defining moment for her uh, as well and coming on the back of a under 17 women's world cup win with spain she is doing well for herself let's just uh, say it that way to get a goal in the champions league now following that uh, winner's medal Uh, she is doing pretty well for herself at 17 years of age and hopefully she continues on an upward trajectory and can potentially be an option for us in the in the future as well so that was a really really nice moment and before i hand it over to you i would rather just uh take us through the next goal and then pass it on to you to take your thoughts on the overall uh, on both the goals so there's another goal that's remaining before that in the 82nd minute we see another double sub uh, Toleti and Freya come on for Tere and Weir, uh, so now we have made like 5 changes and Toleti instantly gets involved plays a ball out wide to Paula Partido on the right wing back role and the way Paola operates not just in because she's operating as a wing back here but in general uh, she likes to stay wide she is a uh, Touchline hugging uh, winger, where she would like stay wide and then take on her player and try to beat them for skill or pace to generate the separation and try to get the ball in. So she is staying wide here. Toleti plays a neat ball for her. She comes inside, takes a touch, beats one player, cuts inside, and manages to get a shot off, which takes a deflection and balloons over the goalkeeper into the into the goal and not just not just one player but both of the academy graduate now get their goal in the same game two players who have shared the stage in at the under 17 women's world cup who have both been crowned world champions get onto the pitch and score goals for real madrid a club through which their academy uh, like they have come through their academy another pretty big moment like entire squad is again very stoked for them both they both share a a very warm hug in in on the field and it's just heartwarming to see like you see two players of your academy coming up who have recently tasted success at international level have been recognized by the team have been uh, recognized by the president of the club to now get onto the pitch in a Champions League game and both score a goal, share that special moment with each other. That's, that's pretty, that fills your heart. It, it's the stuff that makes you smile. It's, a, it's the stuff that any fan wants to see. They want their uh, club graduates to succeed in the best possible way. And it was really nice to see with, with Paula as well, the, with both of them sharing a hug. That was a really nice moment. I like whatever happened in the game, whatever happened in the previous game, this uh, this felt like a really, really good Christmas present. And uh, that was a, uh, a good goal from her coming from the wide, wide areas inside. Although it took a deflection, it, it still goes down as a Paula Partido goal and pretty pretty happy for her uh, very team looked very stoked because obviously like 217 year olds have registered themselves uh, their first Champions League goal so yeah like pretty nice moments and I'll now hand it over to you to take your thoughts on both these goals and the reaction of the team for these goals and the reaction of the scorers themselves
1: Ah. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I um, I I don't know. I I mean, yeah. So I I noticed in Carla's goal. uh so as uh, she got the ball and like, right when she gets to the ball and she it's not even inside the net. Um, Mila is on the second post there, and you can see her um, in you you know noticing Carla and then. Uh, literally like not even a second later uh Carla pushes it in and Mila just you know jumps and like uh, spreads her uh, um arms wide to hug her and I mean it was it's pretty uh, pretty much the entire uh team's reaction um and I don't know in which goal um uh, and Carlos or Paulas that uh, I saw a picture with uh, Ivana just uh, hugging uh, the player and just, it's just very cute. It's a very cute photo, very heartwarming and yeah, that picture of uh, them, um, the Carla and Paula, just sharing the hug is, you know, satisfying, <laughs> first of all. And yeah, so, so I mean, th- these are their first goals for the first team and for them to be in Champions League, um, it must be very special. (laughs) Uh, You know, Champions League means so much for the entire club and they're uh, undoubtedly very madridista both of them and their academy products, and, you know, it's very poetic of them. So, um, yeah, I'm really glad and it was really hard for me. I melted when I saw Carla crying, like she was in tears. It was adorable. So yeah, um, I wish them. I wish them a nice future here. <laughs> I wish them future here first, and then a nice future. Um, so yeah, re- really, um, as you said, when you were like getting us into the second half, that uh, this is where. Some really cool stuff happens, um, really good stuff for some of the players. Well, it's definitely it, and it was very special. And um, I mean, when Carla scored a goal, it was like, she was. it was right almost from the goal line, but I didn't even care. You know, it was Carla who got it inside. Uh, she was right there to get the ball after um, the goalkeeper saved Rocio's header. So... Um, she came just in time, and uh, you know who cares? It's a <laughs> it's a teenager scoring for Real Madrid, and it's always special. And I love the, I don't know, for me, for me, Paulo's goal was a goal. just that dribble, and whether it was a deflection or not, I don't care. It was a it ended up being a fun trip, and yeah, I screamed. For like five minutes. It was very cool. So yeah, well done.
0: Yeah, so just a very special moment and let's just say the kids are alright, I guess. Uh that pretty much sums it up. Nothing much happens uh towards the closing period of the game. The game was pretty straightforward. Not much uh, of a tactical insight in this game, apart from the fact that a three-five-two obviously solves some of our uh, longstanding issues. The issues regarding defensive set pieces still remain, and have remained there for a very long time now. So yeah, that pretty much concludes the game. I think. Do you have anything else to add, Kanita?
1: Not. Exactly. About the game, I just want you to, uh, to notice um, the moment after the final whistle. So, uh, literally a second later, they showed the bench and they showed Tere in the shot, uh, who ends up uh, becoming the MVP and uh, it's deserved two goals, one assist and many more statistics. I think she had like 86% passing accuracy or even more um i mean she had a fantastic game so basically just go to that moment uh just after the final whistle they cut to uh tere and she's getting up uh and she was sitting with esther on the bench and they get up and they do a little dancey dance so just just look at that it was really really cute so yeah that's that's my audition
0: yeah i I I did notice that little dance between those two players. So yeah, Uh, overall a very good vibe around the game. The team uh, seemed to enjoy a good win. Uh, Unfortunately, we won't be in the Champions League for the knockout stages uh, this year. But we still have a lot of competitions to fight in. Uh, Well, the league obviously obviously has Barcelona to compete against who are just this monster of a machine uh, team that is very difficult to to beat or come up against. But there are other cup competitions that will start uh, early in the next year and we will be looking forward to that. So before we move on to... One important announcement uh, or one important update uh, around the team. Uh, let's just talk about some of the standout players from, from the game like we always do. Uh, I think we have given Tere her space in this pod and Tere was absolutely brilliant in this game. So was Maite and so was like that, That trio of midfield was absolutely brilliant for us. Uh, apart from that, I really like the dynamic between uh, Moller and uh, Feller up front. And I think that is what uh, we have discussed before as well and or at least touched upon that these two players are best suited playing alongside uh, another uh, sort of striker and their movements complemented each other very well. Like they understood the dynamics if one was trying to hold a play or if one was trying to drift out wide, the other occupied that space. So the space occupation from those two players and their dynamic and movement in general was pretty neat. I I thought. Apart from that, the two 17 year seventeen-year-olds obviously seized their opportunity and scored the goals. So that is that. From opponent side, I think I have to add Dochi. Obviously. Like she is very tidy on the ball, and I was speaking about this before we started to um, record the pod. That she is somebody who uh, reminds me a lot of Katrina Gori. I don't know if the listeners know about uh, her or not, but uh, she's she's a she's an Australian player. The build of those two players are pretty pretty similar. Uh, both are not very tall, have a low center of gravity, do some very neat stuff uh, on the ball. If you could watch the Matilda sometime, uh, she has become, she's now a regular with the, with the first, uh, with the senior side. Uh, pretty good watch. If you can watch the Dub League, I know uh, a lot of the timings are not very suitable for a lot of people in Europe and uh, um, in the West. But if you can just catch the highlights of of, of it somewhere, it's, it's pretty neat. And uh, she has played across uh, in Damascus Khan as well. I'm talking about Katrina gouri obviously. Uh, but yeah, so she reminds, uh, Dochi reminds me a lot of her uh, in the ways uh, I can't describe. Basically, it's just a feeling that when you see them, they have this similar sort of style of operating on the ball and the way they use uh, their body to draw fouls from the opposition and the way they work hard and their work rate on the field is pretty good as well. So uh, I think that was about it from my end uh, in terms of the top performers. Uh, Who who were the top performers for you, Kanita, in this game for us? And if you have anyone else that that really stuck out to you from Vlasnia, you can add them here as well.
1: Um, well, I don't have much to add. I mean, um, yeah, I just want to add this. I, I feel like their goalkeeper was um, was pretty solid. I mean, considering, you know, <laughs> she did have some sleep ups, um, obviously, uh, but it's fine. But I, she also had some impressive saves as well. Um, so I would give her credit for that. Um, even you know she conceded our goals one of them was a penalty so it's four goals i guess uh but yeah you know it's uh i know it's very unexpected to give credit to the goalkeeper but still i uh, i liked some of her saves and yeah um i didn't really notice um many opposition players because As I said, they were all inside the box, so it's really hard to see them individually. (laughs) Um, I mean, uh, during Paula's goal, you can see it, like, 10, I'm not exaggerating, 10 players were inside the box, so, just so you know. And, yeah, just another um, credit to the academy players, not just for their goals, but Um, as you said, Carla had that hunger for, to score the goal and, um, Paola was really showing her abilities out wide and I really love that. Yeah, that's it for me.
0: Okay. So that I think sums it up for the final game of 2022. We close the year with a good win and some happy vibes and hopefully this was a happy pod as well. So (laughs) we close the year on a good note, a year that has been, let's just say, not as easy uh, watch with a lot of problems with a lot of long standing issues coming to the forefront, with a lot of squad management issues as well. It has been, it has been a not so good year in terms of what has happened on the field in terms of results if you look at it it's been good we have managed to get important wins we have managed to uh, not lose as much but overall in terms of performance and stuff it wasn't uh, a very good year and hopefully all of that changes in 2023 so before we go off i said that we have an important update about the team and that is we have to share the draw results for the spanish super cup and to no one's surprise i would say this real madrid are going to face barcelona in the semi-finals of the spanish super cup once again like i think any time real madrid and barcelona are in a draw and have the potential to face each other they will face each other like it's just it's ridiculous the amount of times we have (laughs) faced barcelona Um, be it in the champions league be it uh, in the super cup be it in the copa like it's it's insane and Yes, to no one's surprise, we will be facing Barcelona in the Spanish Super Cup next year. But all of that comes in 2023. Nothing more to add here. This concludes our coverage for the year 2022. There will be a lot more stuff coming your way in 2023. Hopefully, um, if we sign somebody, there will be, uh, we'll try to get a quick pod together for that player or we'll try to squeeze it in somehow. I'll try to write uh, maybe a mid-season review for the team and some sort of player rating points or anything. But for now, this is uh, this is it. This was Real Madrid's game against LASNIA and... It's the holiday season. Real Madrid, uh, like Liga Feminina, I think, returns uh, on returns back on 7th of January. So enjoy your holidays. Uh, to everyone listening who celebrates Christmas, Merry Christmas. And happy holidays. Happy New Year. You'll be hearing from us in 2023. And until then, Ala Madrid. Happy
1: holidays and Ala Madrid.